0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Injury Time with me Sandeep. Uh, We're doing yet another season review, like a proper proper season review. And to help me with this is uh, Pradeem Reddy. First of all,
1: thank you so much. Yeah, no I think but Pleasure to be back. It's good to sort of make some productive use of the the time of the moment. So. Enjoying social isolation? Um, it's a different way of spending the off season, uh, but. I mean, as long as it doesn't continue too long, it's okay. But it's you know probably all for the best at the moment.
0: Yeah, you're, uh, This season, you've taken up a new role as an analyst, more than uh, as usually you are a TD or a coach. So uh, how was the season for you? And I thought you'd be the best person because you would have watched almost all the games.
1: I well, actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I would have watched all the games anyway, but this time I got to watch it with you know a little bit of a different um, perspective on it. Um, more of a sort of neutral perspective and without the stress of, you know, whether we won or lost on any given day or how the results affected one another. So it was, it was good to see that and um, got some interesting observations in terms of how the whole season played out, especially a little bit different this time. There wasn't a winter break um, and how you could see the injuries was definitely something that played a played a role in, in a lot of the teams. I think another significant thing was the pre-seasons now, something we started at Pune a few seasons ago, which is not going abroad for preseason, and a lot of teams opted to do that. And you could say the relative success or lack of success of the teams in adapting to having their preseasons in India and how to plan it and do it properly. Yes, uh, so we'll
0: do a team-by-team analysis. Sure. Uh, I thought I'll go by the league table. Obviously, okay. ATK won the title. But uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, league topper was FC Goa. The most consistent team,
1: do you feel? Well, you know, there's the old expression that the a league table doesn't lie. Um, so if you use that old adage, then yes, you could say they're the most consistent team. But um, I think it's a little bit, you know, that expression is coined in, in nations where the league table is normally after 40 games or close to 40 games. Um, with cup games interspersed where teams are playing 60, 50, 60-plus games, which obviously has an impact on your squad depth and how you perform and how you prioritise leagues over the other competitions. So I think it's a little bit casual and careless to just say, oh, you know, obviously they're the most consistent because they topped the table because it is only 18 games and you can go through a good run of form and if you've kept your players fit and fixtures favoured you, As you'll see when we discuss some of the other teams, how I think fixtures affected some people. I think then you could argue with that point. But having said that, they did accrue the most points over the course of the season. and They did score a lot of goals and they did get a lot of wins. So credit to them and they deserve to finish number
0: one. Uh, So in your opinion, what did they get right and what did they didn't get right, get wrong?
1: I think we said this in our review or preview at the start of the season that they kept the same coach, they kept the same players large part of their core of players was from last season. You've got somebody like Koro, who's top scorer for two seasons in a row, you retain him. Um, their defence, they finally had improved upon it last year with Murtada Fall and Peña. They kept that together. And if you look at it, in terms of their starting eleven, there wasn't really that much change to it from last season. And I think that was definitely their strength. Um, in terms of it, you can probably say that's what their weakness is, because in terms of the new signings that are brought in to strengthen the team, you know they didn't they didn't have a foreign signing, which is one of the reasons Lobera was you know moaning a lot during the season that he didn't have that seventh foreigner in terms of the Indians that they brought in Lendungle was obviously the big name signing of such which should have made more of an impact and I don't think he did uh did enough in in that term, so they had to go back and rely on the players that they had you know the previous seasons. So, I think in that regard, they didn't really do too well in the transfer market, especially in terms of Indian players and strengthening their squad.
0: Uh, but they do seem to give a lot of chance to the youngsters, or at least as far as the narrative goes.
1: Yeah, well, so they say. I mean, yeah, they've got a young goalkeeper. Um, and apart from him, I can't really see any young players in who regularly feature for them. Savio Gama was one who should have probably played more games, didn't. Uh, Princeton Rivello was another really talented player that they had in their reserve team who didn't see enough game time, in my opinion. And was, But again, it's competition for places. There's some good players in their team. Even Edu Badia didn't see much game time. Um, and I think Liston Colasso, we all know, he left to go for greener pastures at Hyderabad and got more game time there probably than he had in his entire two-and-a-half-year stint in FC Goa. And He's another player that probably... Could have, should have got more game time than the likes of maybe a Manvir or a or a Lendungal. But you know that's that's where you can turn the argument on the head and say they didn't really give many of their youngsters enough of a chance, or the coach didn't trust the youngsters enough. Yeah,
0: that was uh, that's why I used the word narrative because yeah. that's the way they've been going. Uh, but do you touched on this foreigner thing with Goa, uh, retaining your six foreigners? That's actually more expensive than you know most people think because they'll have to go up. So, is there something to it that they couldn't afford to get us uh, seven thousand?
1: Well, it's a bit of both. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, if you sign players on multiple-year contracts initially, then sometimes it's already factored in that there's an increase in the second year. Sometimes it's an advantage to have done that. If you haven't, then yeah, you have to. If you bring in good players like Abouo and um, and others who other clubs might want, then you've definitely got to pay premium just to keep them because other clubs just have to cherry pick one or two of your players to strengthen their team and weaken your team, whereas if you've got to retain all six of them at 10, 20% more than what you had had them on the previous season, then it's a significant increase in your wage, wage bill. So, and the logic I think with the management there was their seventh foreigner over the past two seasons hadn't really performed, hadn't got game time and was caused friction within the squad and they had to replace him and then they ended up bringing in an eighth foul. And if you remember season one, they had Kulunga, they had Arana. Um, they let go of them and brought in a couple of replacements um, later on and then uh, second season, I charged, didn't play much and they were you know, looking to bring in replacements. So I think the management probably thought, you know, this is... These are the good players. You've got them now. If you can only play with five, why do you need more than six? And you'd have to say the management got that spot on because you know you finished table toppers with those six foreigners. So can't really argue with the management's decision on that.
0: And uh, as a coach, were you surprised that uh, how they formed in taper or change at all, despite you know, losing someone like Lobera, who sort of built up that team?
1: Um, no, I think it's it, it's something that we you could say insiders knew it's been brewing for a long time. So it wasn't an overnight decision that with three games or four games to go in the season, they decided to sack the coach. It was something that was building up for, for a long, long time. And it was just a matter of time of when they were going to pull, pull the plug. And I think they pulled the plug at the time when they felt like first place is almost guaranteed. And the team would continue with that same momentum and continue to drive in the right direction. And, in terms of long-term goals and direction, the club wanted to go, it probably was their best decision that they that they needed to make.
0: And I uh, do. You, how how do you look at them as a potential? Not a potential. They're going to play in the Asian champ, uh, Asian Champions League for sure. But uh, looking at their squad,
1: well, I, think I think a lot of people underestimate the Asian club competition standards. People even the AFC cup which is obviously a shadow of the champions league is very very tough competition just because of the logistics and the way teams are better you know they're well prepared and you know the home and away and the travel and the nature of the competition even teams like teams from bangladesh are much much tougher opposition than people give credit for and even teams like mazia when people think oh, an indian team should be Breezing past a team from the Maldives, it isn't that simple. Even in BFC's heydays, we you know we beat them home and away 2-1, but it was 2-1. It required late winners. It required we were we were down in the games. So these are tough tough opposition, and the AFC Champions League is a significant step up. And I don't think a lot of the clubs will be prepared for it. They haven't really faced such teams, and unless they plan their pre-seasons properly to face such kind of opposition, then they're going to be in for a real real uh, you know eye opener because it could end up being 5-0 6 mils, like almost tennis score lines in every game
0: okay so let's hope uh, that doesn't happen uh, now moving on to the next team in the league uh, ATK who i i thought they were the best team in the league what what is your take on
1: well i mean there's no laddage i mean the team in, in this is Jeff generally adds up globally everywhere else the team that spends the most Normally finish at the top of the table, and if you look at how much they had spent and the way they had spent the money this season, um, their second team, not their starting eleven, their second eleven, probably could have finished in the top four um, or top half of the table. That's the quite caliber of um, players that they had on their in their squad. You know, somebody like a John Johnson didn't feature until the penultimate game of the season uh, of the league phase. And that's someone who probably would start in most most teams' back back, back line. Um, and, you know, the likes of the I-League's top scorer, Joby Justin Balwan, Singh players who hardly saw any significant minutes on the field, Pranay holders and lots of other players you could mention. So I think that's where they had that strength of their first team, and especially the friend, uh, strength in depth. So as soon as a player got injured, it didn't really affect them because they could bring like for like or they could go into the market and just splash the cash and buy an adequate or better replacement. Do you feel like they've ruined the market by splurging? Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, in terms of their, I think, overvaluing and overpaying on certain Indian players, and that sort of distorts the market a little bit. Um, But in terms of a salary cap, I don't really think it's a right idea to, to go by, because if a, if a club owner wants to spend that kind of money and bring the likes of Roy Krishna, David Williams into the league, then that's fantastic. It's good for the league to have such high-calibre players, players who top scorers in the A League coming here and being top scorers over here and um, bringing that quality to the league. Then it's great because, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to compete in the Asian Champions League or in the AFC Cup against, especially West Asian teams, you need to have. Players in that squad who've got the caliber to compete at that level, and probably also have the experience of playing against them. So it, you do need that kind of um, squad, and I think it's as long as you get the balance right, you get you know good balance. I think it's it's not a bad thing. And you know, let's not forget this happens everywhere in the world. I mean, Real Madrid have a bigger budget than Atletico Madrid. And, you know, the Man Cities in Man United in, in England have a bigger budget than a Leicester, but Leicester do go on to challenge them, win the league at times. And, you know, they're the last, I recall, they're in third in the, in the league at the moment. So it allows for that kind of, um, you know, fairy tale stories. And that's what sport's about. Um, and, you know, even German football, you see a lot of it where teams on lower budgets do manage to then focus their attention more on scouting and put their resources in different directions. So I think it'll help other clubs or should help other clubs focus and look at football in a little different direction than just trying to sort of outspend one another. On uh,
0: Next season, that. obviously, they good. Sorry?
1: If ATK go out and spend the most and get the most expensive Indian and foreign players, there's no reason. Other teams don't have to copy that and try and say, okay, if they spend this much, we're going to spend close to that to compete with them. You can then just be a little bit wiser in the way you spend your money and you recruit more shrewdly both in the local and in the overseas market.
0: uh, Next season, obviously, the biggest thing about them is going to be the merger with uh, Mohan Bagan. So, uh, as a long-time football, Indian football uh, patron, what do you feel
1: about that move? Well, it's it's good in terms of um, football for the the fans. I mean, we, we need to see um, the numbers that we used to see in the I League games, um, you know, in the Calcutta games coming back to the stadiums, that would be fantastic. So I think if you can get that huge fan, it's only great news for the for the fans. And I think, especially now with Mohun winning the league, I think it's just worked out in like in a perfect perfect manner. them winning the league and then coming in, you've got They've as a club, they've achieved everything they can in that league. And now, if they can bring um, that fan base and, and the passion and the following, it could help propel ATK in, or the new club, whatever they're going to be called, um, into one of the sort of mega clubs of of football.
0: Yes, uh, sir. <clears throat> it's certainly going to be an interesting uh, move that, because from what I understand, a lot of the fans are uh, unwilling or and rightfully so to let go of the colors and the logos and stuff like that
1: see that's all you know little things it's happened all over the world in terms of um, clubs that have merged together got together and everything and everything so it's in, initially you'll have those kind of <coughs> misgivings and, and issues but um, over the over the long long run you kind of get over it and trust me if they're winning next season they're doing well in asian competitions then you very very easily forget about it and and be cheering and happy to see Roy Krishna banging the goals and and you know taking the team forward. So yeah.
0: So uh, looking at the third team now, Bangalore actually they finished third, semi uh, semifinalist again. But it feels like this was a disappointing season. Maybe more so because of how they played in Asia.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think fans of BFC and and people who follow them have become accustomed to winning your six seasons, (coughs) six trophies Mm -hmm. and say seventh season where you, you end up with nothing, um, not even a, you know, not even a runner's up in any format. um, They're definitely going to consider that a, a failure. And I think that's why it looks upon a failure. Most other clubs, if, you got to the semifinals and you know, you're a your goal away from getting into the final. Probably considered a good season. And considering they had the most clean sheets, they had a couple of records along the way. Um, defensively, they were very well organised. But it's the standard that they had set themselves. But I think if you look at the preseason when we did a little look at this team, and if you look at the way they've gone about the season, they've probably done well to finish where they have because they were still in a chance towards the end of topping the table they still had that chance to go for the Champions League spot so I think in a way you could almost say they probably overachieved given all the issues that they had
0: Uh, What did you think went right and wrong for them? Obviously goals was a big problem but uh, on
1: a larger scale the squad? What went right I think similar to FC Goa they kept a core of it they kept um, a lot of the foreigners that helped them win it they had the same coaching staff they have a lot of obviously the setup that they have is been around for the last six years is quite successful so that's definitely um something that you could say was what they did right um i thought Ashikranian was a good signing someone that could definitely help them go in the right direction in terms of what went wrong is probably how they use their new signings um I thought, we, we, we all saw that Ashley's not probably the best position as left back for him, and think that using him out of position to accommodate Odantas rather than make, possibly making him challenge with to improve would have been a better option. And that, but it's easy to say that in hindsight. Um, signing Rafael Augusto with his injury problems, whether they, you know, did some due diligence on that, probably a big gamble and a gamble that didn't work out. And Onwoo you know, looked like a dud at BFC. Turned out to be brilliant um, at Odisha. So it's a question of did the player not fit the system that they were trying to play, or you know, or did Carlos change the system too much this year from what was usually the Bengal FC that's given them a lot of success? So I think so, uh, I can- it's, there's a couple of things in terms of the recruitment that they probably didn't get right, um, and I think in in terms of having maybe a plan a plan C. You know, we said the plan A or a plan B, and plan B seemed to be the set pieces, but there wasn't really an open play, a different plan. Um, but that said, they did have the most clean sheets. They did get to the playo- uh, playoffs. They did qualify early. So it wasn't all doom and gloom.
0: So, uh... One of the things that we've spoken about is uh, BFC's over reliance on Chetri. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, once again, he's a top scorer. So, do you feel like at some point, uh, because their age average is quite high, do you feel like at some point they need to look to the future and blood in youngsters or something like that, look beyond?
1: So, Yeah, I mean, I think every club has to do that, and especially successful clubs have to do that. And it's very difficult at successful clubs because you've got players who are performing. How do you replace them um, before they're completely in decline? Um, And we've seen the likes of Reno and and a couple of others who probably their best days are behind them. But I think what the club should have done and could do maybe is you need to get good replacements in that can push the current players. Everyone needs competition for their places. And, you know, if, if Gurkhalid doesn't have competition for his place, he won't become a better goalkeeper. And if Udanta doesn't have competition, Nishu, BK, you don't have a youngster jumping at the bit to take your place. You don't improve as a plan. you stagnate and you go sideways or backwards. Um, and in that regard, I think Suresh was brilliant this season for them and a great signing and a good youngster. But, <laughs> over the course of Six years, they haven't managed to bring any player through from their under-18 system into the senior team successfully. They've, they've recruited young players from outside, and you know the likes of an Edmund or a Serash and others, and given them game time in the first team. But they haven't really managed to successfully nurture talent and blood them into the first team.
0: Hopefully, they should get around to doing that because I do watch a lot of the B team games, and I've seen you also in the stadium watching those games. Yeah. They do have some talented players.
1: Absolutely. But I think, see, that's the trick is how do you get that sort of transition from under 18 to senior level football. And, you know, there's, there's ways to do it. And I don't think they've, they've quite cracked that quite um, yet. And it's, it's something that they probably have to figure out. Otherwise, you know, they, it's a waste of what they're doing with their under 18s and youth program. If, you know, you're winning the BDFA league with good young players, but none of them can ever play for your senior team, then, you know, what what's the point of it? Are you just than producing good players for somebody else to benefit from
0: so uh, earlier in this season uh, I was talking to somebody during the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. we were talking about the time when you and Ashley were there and mm-hmm. the amount of youngsters who used to come through yep. uh, not through the academy of course because you didn't, it was only like one just thing, but you had uh, people like Len uh, Zwala and Udanta all came through but, so you did give a chance so uh, was that something that Ashley and you wanted to implement, to have youngsters coming up as uh, as a replacement of sorts?
1: I think a lot of that ethos came in even before Ashley, when my first interaction with Mustafa and Mandan, the club management at that time was, we needed to bring in good young Indian talent coming through. So we weren't going to go into the market and buy the, you know, get into bidding with Tempo and others to get the best youngsters. And it was we go around and get relatively younger ones like we did with Nishu, with Antha Daniel, Zwala, um, even Shankar, Siam quite a few to name, you know, Moya, the goalkeeper, and even Amrinda later on, quite a few players who were all under the age of 23, so they played for India under 23. By us giving them the platform, we gave them that. So, yeah, it was definitely a conscious decision of the club. And, you the only way young players are going to get better is if you throw them in at the deep end, and we were lucky that I think those days the i league used to have the rule that you had to have one under twenty three in the starting eleven and one in the bench and for us, it was never a problem. a lot of clubs used to struggle and you know do the token, put them on for eight minutes, ten minutes, and pull them off whereas for us, we never really had an issue with that because we had so many good under twenty three players that we could we wouldn't have to figure out where to put them in the team. We actually sometimes had more than the minimum requirement. And we'd play with two or three at times because they were just the right combination for us in the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I do remember you played against Ayavadi, I think, an All-Indian eleven in the AFC Cup and also brought in three youngsters as well off the bench, if I'm not mistaken. We we played,
1: uh, I think we even played an important game to Persiquita, one of the top teams that time that we played against. We played with an All-Indian team with was the first in, in Asia it was against them, um, playing up front as a striker alongside Robinson and Shankar scored against Mazia. Uh, you know you have to give youngsters the, the opportunity, and, you know sometimes it works sometimes it, it can backfire on you so that's, it's about getting the right balance with the experienced players around you.
0: Absolutely, let's hope uh, something like this happens in the future again, uh, because that was quite interesting at that time. Uh, now, uh, fourth place team is Chennai. Uh, you spoke about uh, how fixtures and uh, a good run can get you into the final. I think they are the perfect example.
1: Yeah, I think I mean if it's at the start of the season, I mean a lot of people obviously yeah, Owen Cole is going to get credit for a fantastic turnaround that he did, and you have to give a little bit of credit to John Gregory because he did recruit this team and put the team together and the start of the season people might have been saying, "Oh you know these players aren't good enough players but at the end of the season now, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs trying to grab hold of Treviaros and valskis and um, and some of these players to add on to their their books and I think they've they've done very well in terms of how they've gone about with their recruitment it's you know it's it's almost like the complete opposite of some of the other teams where they've retained all their foreigners. Uh, Chennai obviously, Chennai and the season that they had the previous season, they opted to make wholesale changes. And I think they were, they did well in some departments. Like, it was smart that they went and paid a transfer fee and got Vishal Kathan because it was an area that needed improvement. And their foreigners, obviously, once Owen Coyle came in, they, they looked just unstoppable.
0: So how does that happen from a coaching perspective? Uh, did uh, Gregory lose the dressing room? It felt like he was sort of down tools at that at some point.
1: Yeah, I think probably down tools is probably a better expression than lost the dressing room because I think you know he's not going to lose the dressing room. He he's won the league with those players, was successful in the got them to the finals of the Super Cup, and was well respected and liked by a lot of the players. Um, I think he just. You know, sometimes you can be you can be at the same place for too long, and it just gets a bit stagnant, and it needs a freshening up. Um, a new voice comes in, and just a little bit more positivity about the approach, and it just takes you know, it gives a little bit more freedom to players and and let them express themselves. And they got lucky, I think, that at the right time results went in their favour. There was a game against uh, North that was rescheduled, which at the time. I think they played it at the original time. Asamoah Jian and Northeast were a lot stronger team then, and could have, you know, halted or put a dent in Chennai. Chennai seemed, but they, the fact that that game was postponed it gave them a lot more time to then regroup with a new coach coming in. You had um, time to prepare themselves before, and then they had a run against, you know, I think a couple of teams where you could say they're winnable games, and then went on to to be quite successful after that.
0: So, are you, do you feel like uh, they were naive in the final, the way they played? Uh, that's the way I thought, playing against ATK.
1: Well, I, I'd probably say they're a bit more naive in the second leg of the semi-final where they almost threw it against FC mm-hmm. Goa. Um, I think that they just went with their cavalier approach, saying we don't, you know, you can almost say they don't know how to defend. So, it's better if they just go out and attack. And if you look at the way they started, I mean, they're a... I think Pritam Kota cleared one off the goal line with his head, which Caviara Caviaro tried to chip him. They had the one which Valskis hit the crossbar and bounced out. So, realistically, within the first 10-15 minutes, they could have been 2-0 up. And it's just one of those finals where it, it doesn't work. Those chances don't go in. And then ATK, the classic counter-attacking team, they hit them on the break. It was a long ball from Jono. Released uh, Krishna and then... The rest, as we know now, is history.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, are you impressed with how Changte has uh, gone about his work, uh, or any player, any Indian player that impressed you Edwin Sydney or Thapa or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'd uh, said a lot about Thapa in before the season began, and so it was good to see him you know, come back to the form that we've seen him perform because we need <coughs> excuse me, we need him to be on that kind of performances for the national team, and I think that. Cumulative games had caught up with him and he had a little bit of a dip. And I think what really helped him was playing alongside somebody like Edwin Sidney Vancepol. When Vancepol was moved into the midfield rather than playing right back, he just freed up Thapa and he got the best out of Thapa. And they will all talk about Changte because of the goals and assists, but, um, you know, probably should have got them under Gregory because he was getting himself into good positions and squandering those chances. But, it's been his problem over the last couple of years ever since he broke in. is just he lacks that consistency. I mean, he puts it in one game and then fades away. And that's where a lot of these young players, if they want to make that step up to even getting close to a T three level, it's you've got to start adding that consistency to your game. It's not just good enough winning an emerging player one game and having a couple of goals and assists here or there and you, you're working for fits and Spurs. It's got to be consistently, yeah, week in, week out. You have to do that.
0: So, at some point, they also have to stop this emerging player things because a lot of these guys have already emerged several seasons ago.
1: That's true, but there are sponsor obligations, so yeah. They have to...
0: So, uh, the next team is obviously Mumbai who finished fifth. Uh, do you feel like George Costa got the best out of that team? Um.
1: Probably, I mean, I think it was his team. I mean, you can't really blame anyone else because the recruitment was up to him, and he chose to bring in some of the foreign players that he did. And <coughs> sorry, me, in doing so, moved his top scorer into a right winger position and brought in somebody else to play in that position. So that's a choice he made. I thought defensively, they probably should have or could have gone with two foreign centre-backs to give them a bit more cover when they had injuries. And, um, you also need to strike, like I said about Ben Ludo as well, you need to have strength and depth to challenge the existing players that you have. And if you don't do that when you're recruiting, then even the good players that you have can sometimes get a bit complacent. And I think we saw that with Subrashish at times, um, with their centre-backs at times. And I think over the course of the season, that probably cost them.
0: But uh, they played, again, uh, defensive style of football. They're much similar to uh, counter-attacking, let's say, transition. Like ATK or BFC, do you feel like we don't give them as much credit for playing defensive football? Is there, because everybody wants to see attacking football.
1: No, actually, look, it's fine. I mean, there's, everyone doesn't have to play expansive uh, possession-based football where you're trying to string together four five hundred passes in a game and a score a beautiful... Excuse me, goal. But uh, th- th- there's absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, there's different ways of playing it. And if teams want to set up to be tight to the back and then limit the opposition's chances and be effective on the counter attack or play quick transitions, so that's all. That's fine. I mean, and I thought the best example of it was the way they beat Bengaluru both home and away. But if you're set up as a defensive team and you can't be getting smashed 4 0, 4 and conceding, I think. There were two games where they then every time they played Goa, it looks like they could have conceded in double digits almost. So, <laughs> so if you're a defensive team, then that's unacceptable. I think if you look at the goals conceded over the course of the season, um, the numbers are quite shocking. <laughs>
0: so uh, they obviously have a new manager coming in. Uh, so one of the, I think we'll be looking at quite a few of them. So uh, could, another
1: could be Sergio Libera from what the latest rumors are.
0: Yeah, uh, apparently it's also in for the Jamshedpur
1: team. Yeah, I think for, if you've got a choice of living in Mumbai or Jamshedpur, I know which one <laughs> which Yes, one also association with might be more tempting. Yes,
0: also association with the Manchester City is there. So. True, true. Yeah. Uh, another coach who I thought did a very fine job, but uh, seems to be have left the position is uh, Joseph Gambao in Odisha. -hmm. What did you make of their season?
1: I mean, I think that they achieved what's probably (coughs) par for that for that team, given the um, spend and the handicaps that they had. Um, I mean, you know, they had to play a lot of their games away from Odisha at the start of the season. They were playing in Pune. They were traveling, so before they could get back home, and when they did get back home, um, you know, they did, did manage to keep make it quite strong, fortress-like atmosphere at, uh, at the stadium, Kalinga Stadium, where they won a few games. But I think that injuries were mm-hmm. done at the wrong time, because I thought he was not just the gold, I think just he was a proper talisman. He led from the front, helped out defensively, uh, could switch into playing in a number 10, and when they played Daniel further forward, or he could play as a nine when Chisco was playing, which is obviously the most favoured formation for them. Um, but I think at the back, again, a team that didn't spend wisely or in terms of their defend, defenders, foreign defenders and Indian defenders, and the biggest issue why I think they were never going to qualify for the playoffs is, and we use an old expression, stats don't lie, teams with foreign defenders over the last couple of seasons, foreign goalkeeper, sorry, over the last couple of seasons haven't made it to the playoffs. And the reason for that isn't that the goalkeepers are bad. It's, The moment you do that, you're playing outfield with just four foreigners. And if there's a substitution that you need to make, you can't take off your goalkeeper and make a change because then you need to make a double substitution to do that. And we saw that a couple of times where they had to make two subs just to make one positional change. And I think over the course of the season, that lack of proper planning as a team cost them. And I think they just didn't have the players in, in the defensive positions to make changes to which games when they did to or when injuries injuries occurred so I think that's was always going to be there kill uh,
0: what do you think of Gambaud as a coach who he did give a lot of opportunities for younger players
1: yeah I mean that's the club remit I think the club wanted to invest in a lot of young players and give opportunities to young players so I think that's um, what he, he was tasked to doing and he was quite good at doing that uh, You know, they played attractive football, but it was, you know, we saw it last year when when they were at Delhi. It's all well and good saying we're playing this passing football and this possession and this penny passes, but correct me if I'm wrong, the game is still about, you have to score more than the opponent or you have to concede less than the opponent. And you would still need to worry about your defensive areas and, um, and I think those areas where they were lacking at times. And so... That's why, you see, when they played against the top four teams, I don't think they got the results. They couldn't beat the likes of BFCs and ATKs and Goas and um, Chennaians. And, you know, you beat the teams below you. That's why you'll finish where you did, which is about sixth place.
0: Yes, uh, speaking of uh, another coach with a lot of numbers, uh, Kerala blasters, once again, a disappointing season. I I honestly am... uh, a loss for words with what that uh, management is doing with that club. So I'm just going to let you <laughs> go with it.
1: But like yeah, I said it before about like how the league league table doesn't lie, and if you look at over a cumulative period. So we you know we say our league's not long enough; it's not 40 game season, but okay, it's 18 games. But if you look at over the past six seasons, if you look at where Blas has have finished over the last six seasons. Where they finish this year is probably par for the course for them. They haven't actually underachieved. They've probably finished where, realistically, you'd expect oh, Keller Blasters to, to finish. Because that is the kind of team they are. They aren't a top four team. They've got a fan base that should be a top four team. Because they come out in numbers, they're very supportive of their team and their players, but... If you look at it over the course of the previous season, you say, where should they finish? They should have finished probably eight. That's what the pre prediction would be. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's based on the what or anything else. This is just based on the numbers from the last five seasons. So they've actually overachieved in that way. They've achieved better than that.
0: Yeah. But what do you make of this uh, injuries... Uh, that was a big deal that Elko kept talking about, not having a fit lineup again, uh, not being able to produce the same lineup once, like you know, every other game. A lot of clubs do deal with injuries.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fact. I mean, he's not lying about that. He did have a lot of um, injuries, but you know, there's there's a reason for that. So you have to question why. Um, so something must have gone wrong in pre-season. Something might have gone wrong even before pre-season Did he sign players without medicals? Um, we see that happen a lot in Indian football where clubs sign players without doing a proper medical. <coughs> Excuse me, and then pay the consequences for, for this, where you've got players coming in with pre-existing injuries. And, and then so this is this is the problem where they uh, where they uh, you signed injured players, and of course they're going to be injured throughout the season. Then,
0: <laughs> and uh, you obviously put this to my notice long before the season started in your preview, when you spoke about Sahel and saying that he's maybe slightly overrated. Uh, Elko seems to share the same feeling, but uh, at the what do you think of it at the end? Because his numbers don't lie; he doesn't get that many goals and that many assists.
1: Well, yeah, I think I said it at the start of the season and I'll maintain the same thing. It's, there's a lot of hype about the player before the season. Sadly, he's an exciting player to watch, no doubt about it, but we have this tendency to overhype players when they've had a little bit of a, a good season. And, you know, I think this, <laughs> the stats sadly prove it right as well. Players who've won the Emerging Player of the Year award the following season have gone on to have a massive dip in dip in their performance. You know, whether it's Ruatara or uh, you know, I think Jerry Lalonzola and, and now obviously Sahal. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's just, a, it's like the curse of the award. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of hype about a player who's, who's not won anything. He's not won an I-League title. He's not won a, you know, he's, he didn't, doing anything wonderful for the Indian national team. He hasn't played impressively for India under 23. So, and as you said, the stats aren't there in terms of goals or assists. So a lot of it is just hype from fans. I wouldn't say media hype because I don't think the media really hyped him that much. And then it puts undue pressure on the players, unfortunately. And then he tries, you know, you're not, are you trying to live up to the hype about you as a player rather than what you actually are? And I think Elko had that tough task of then, you know, balancing the expectations of the fans with what the real qualities of the player are. And a lot of the times the fans and other people don't see what the coaches sometimes see, which is what we're looking for off the ball, the behavior of the player, the work, you know, the work rate, etc. And if that's lacking, then you know, the player can't, can't justify being started ahead of other players who are putting that effort in.
0: Uh, and what do you make of Elko? Now it looks like he's out of, is going out. Uh, Vikuna is started to be taking his space. You think he should have been given uh, another year?
1: Well, I think given he was popular with fans, which is you know one of the battles won when you're a Kerala Blasters manager, because in the past we've seen what's happened. Um, I think in that regard, probably did he deserve another year? Perhaps um, in terms of. Results where they finished. Yeah, it's a results business. A lot of coaches would be lucky to um, get a second run where you don't finish in the top half of the table. And that so, said, uh, Gambao continued and good despite that. So it's there is certain merits to having continuity. You see with you know, the first season, Goa almost missed out on the playoffs. They were lucky in a way to scrape through and they persisted with the coach and you see where it's got them. Um, so Um, there is certain merits to sticking with with the same coach and just constant chopping and changing every year probably isn't the wisest Absolutely I
0: hope uh, Blasters are listening to this because they need to get their shit together Uh, Now uh, the last three teams, Jamshedpur uh, started off well but I think uh, injuries to Sergio Castle and Pitti sort of ended their run
1: Yeah, but I think there's just too much confusion about the way that team... I mean, I know from speaking to players there and knowing of the coach and the way he played prior to coming to India with his team, he preferred to play with a back three and um, a lot of their preseason work was done with a back three and then playing three, four, three or different versions of back three. And then one game and then you just throw everything out the window and go to trying to play with a back four where you've not got The personnel to play that or you haven't recruited to play that way and then what I mean by that is if you were planning on playing a back four all season you should have probably recruited a second foreign centre back to play alongside Thierry rather than shift your best defensive midfielder Memo into a makeshift centre back all season and then you weaken not only your back line but you also weaken your midfield line by taking your best defensive midfielder out of that and then when you've got youngsters like Narendra and G2 and uh, Mandy, and the other the young kid who came to um, on the left back, Sandeep Bandi, you you need to have you know a little bit of faith in these players. And you can't keep chopping and changing every every time. And then towards the end of the season, you're playing the likes of Sumit Parsi at fullback. So you could you could see there wasn't a clear um, structure, and you know they didn't know what they were doing. And I think as much as he Federico Madrid helped with the recruitment of top quality players like PT and um, Castell. I thought Castell was absolutely brilliant. But if you look at the Indian players that have to go along with it, there's just a massive disconnect with who's doing their recruitment on the Indian player side, I think. um, Or who's advising on that side. Because you you still have some good players like Isaac Farouk and a couple of others in that team. I just don't think... They were used properly or they got the right balance in terms of their recruitment or the starting lineups.
0: So, uh, another team is obviously Northeast United. Uh, last season, they put almost sort of put their entire uh, eggs in the basket. This year, it looked like they did it with uh, Asimov again and Triadis, who mysteriously disappeared halfway through the season. So, uh, what happened? What do you think there? The bad move from their management side?
1: No, like I, I think it's another team that's just regressed to the norm. I mean, it, Northeast is not a top four team; it's a ninth or tenth place team in the league, and that's not said in a negative way. I'm just meant over the six seasons or the previous five seasons that's where you would expect them to perform because that's the kind of club setup it is. It's it's set up to be a ninth or a tenth place team. It's a bottom team. I mean, you have this. Um, universally i'm mean, not being derogative about northeast it's just if you look at a premier league or bundesliga or la league or any of the top leagues at the start of the season obviously the teams are positioned alphabetically at the start and no one's played a single game but you will say these are the relegation contenders these are the promotion contenders or, or these are the championship contenders so there are certain teams which you'd expect to finish at the bottom i think northeastern <coughs> excuse me um hyderabad are- those kind of teams, so them finishing where they did is as expected.
0: Do, does this mean, uh, no? I, in my opinion, last season was a bit of a freak because a lot of the good teams didn't have a great season.
1: Absolutely, does... I think last year was you could say that they're sort of amongst all their seasons, the, the one outlier where they overachieved, and they overachieved probably because of an and Gallego, and obviously, Gallego being injured this season was a factor. Um, And I think that's definitely something that did affect them.
0: Yes, and the last team is of course Hyderabad. Uh, Again, another team who's going to get a a new manager, Albert Roca, coming in. But this was a throwaway season for them.
1: Again, I mean, if you look over the course of um, five seasons, it was the Pune franchise which later became Hyderabad. It was for all intents it was just Pune. It was the same players, same manager from last season, the same support staff, you know, the same team manager. So it was, it was just, you know, moved east, put on a different jersey and um, that's what the team was. And you'd expect them to finish bottom, bottom two. That's the kind of club they are. It's a bottom two club. And they did finish in the bottom two. They finished bottom and probably one of the, almost had the worst record ever. And it's not surprising because they didn't learn from the mistakes of last season. They continue to make the same mistakes and they are continuing to make those same mistakes. So now it's... They brought Roca in but Roca's not got a magic wand. If they can't fix the off-field problems that they have, it'll just be another disastrous season for club and players. And Roca
0: also needs certain types of players that who play a certain type of football. And that is going to be an issue for them.
1: Look, no, we've we also... Have Rokha managed in his first season of Bengal FC. He had a ready made team with top players. He had the top Indian players. He uh, even had the likes of Sunday Shingan that season and top foreign players as well. And Is I think. PQ too. Yeah, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they finished fourth in the I League that year. Yeah. And could have almost finished fifth if Lajong had won their last game. So that's if you look at BFC seasons over the last seven years that was the b- worst performance. And people you know, talking about this year being BFC's worst season. That was their worst performance. I mean, it was clouded over by the fact that they reached the FC Cup final, which, you know, Roca piggybacked on the team was already in the quarterfinals when he joined. Uh, so it's, it's, it's no given that he's just going to walk into Hyderabad and then, as you said, get success, unless they spend on the likes of, you know, the Miku's and if they if they spend the way he did at Bengaluru for season in the first season in the ISL, then yeah, he might get this, that success.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, now that all the teams are done and we are looking at uh, the coaching changes and stuff like that, this year the rule comes in that the Indian coach can take uh, mm-hmm. with the, the take over as a you know top head coach. Uh, welcoming that move finally.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, it had to happen eventually, and it, it's happened sooner rather than, than later. And let's see whether any clubs um, will will choose to go in that direction. Um, I mean, it's see, at the end of the day, it's, it's up to the clubs who they choose now, and that's how it always should be. And, you know, you could say, you could flip the argument the other way around and say, look at the I-League. The I-League never had this rule about foreigners and Indians. Yet, if you look in the I-League last season, Minerva Punjab had a young Indian coach. Um, I think, to my knowledge, IZOL FC had Stanley Rosario. And I think there's only one other team that had an Indian head coach. In the Shanmugam
0: Venkates is there. In...
1: That's an arrows team, so that doesn't yeah. count That's not a <laughs> um, proper team. Uh, a club team where, you know, recruitment is I'm talking about. So it's still clubs opt to do that. So then you can argue, you know, well, why, why, why are you, you know, picking on the ISL clubs about this rule when in the I-League, when you have the rule, they, when you don't have the rule, you are still not given the opportunities. So I think it's coaches have to go out and prove themselves and it's an open market.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I one of my friends actually referred to Indian uh, coaching circuit, the clubs looking for as a white man syndrome, saying that you always need, want a foreign coach because there are people like you. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Khalid has won the I-League itself. There was Colasso who has done well. And throughout the history, i have seen great coaches. So there's no dearth of coaching. I think Richard is doing well with his team, all-Indian team in the second division. Absolutely. As well.
1: Yeah, I think. Like I said, I think Jan's uh, doing a very good job with Minerva. I thought last season Floyd's done a very good job with the young, with the Arrows. Um, there's a lot of good young coaches in India out there who, who are coming through. And there's some, if you look at slightly older than that, that generation, like you mentioned, the likes of Khalid and others who have been successful. Um, when you go a little bit older than that, yeah, Sanjoy Sen did a fantastic job with the uh, Molwagan, um, stopped us winning it three times in a row uh, at Bangalore. And, you know, was part of the success behind ATK as well. So there's, there's, I mean, I think he's one of the only coaches now in India who's won the, I can say he's got an I-League Winners' Medal and ISL Winners' Medal, an IFA Shield winner, um, probably won the Duran Cup, if I'm not mistaken, from his days at Prayag, and the Federation Cup. So I think he's got every piece of silverware that an Indian coach can win, Sanjay Singh. So... Credit to him. And you know, so there's a lot of good coaches out there. So let's see. I mean, it's it's up to a club. And when the coaches get the opportunity, obviously you have to perform. I mean, you, you'd expect the teams over a natural course of, let's say, over three or four seasons now. The teams that finish in the bottom half, let's say teams seven, eight and nine and 10 in the ISL, if they've gone with the foreign coach and it hasn't worked out, and an Indian coaches a finished above them in the league, they probably will start to look in that direction.
0: Let's hope that it comes sooner rather than later. All so, what is the off season looking like? No idea, nothing, because well, of I'm the situation.
1: A lot of coaching courses, but that's not going to be happening for a while, I think. And um, looking forward to watching a lot more of the second division games, and that's also not going to be happening for a while now. So, yeah. it's going to be a Strange old off season, but uh, maybe get into some sort of online versions of doing coaching courses for well, coaches who are stuck at home, but and you know short of ideas, so get get them involved in some something there where through online learning.
0: Well, we'll be watching out uh, the space for that. Sure. Uh, so uh, hopefully we we'll run into each other again soon. Uh, sure. Just it's good talking to you thank you so much for your time
1: thanks Amit. All
0: right. and always a pleasure as always yes.
1: Be yeah.
0: yeah see you